Nostalgia pool continues to have its its droplets falling over me. I started the year with uh, a great documentary about the late great Albert Pune. It continues with this incredible trip down uh, memory lane a little bit with Space Wars, the quest for Deep Star, and the great filmmaker. Last time we spoke was uh, Automation, I believe. Garo and Anahit, his lovely wife, who's also Jackie. In the film, Jackie, stop touching things. Uh, <laughs> this is a really great film, mate. I, I was I was waiting for the next Garo Ossetian film, and and you you haven't disappointed. You've you've gone all out. You've pulled out all the stops. What an incredible movie, guys! Well done, well done, well done. Thank you. I had so much fun. Thank you so much, and it, so it means fun. a lot hearing that from people. <laughs> we we I had, put a lot into it. I mean, a oh, lot of heart and work and time, and you know, we love this stuff. This is we love this, and we love it when people love it. So, well, mate, you you've got you've got another lover here. I'm I'm a great lover of this, and and there is so much, so much to talk about. The essence of this film isn't just essence. It's it's a it's as you say, classic Star Trek, Star Wars, a great some great favorites of mine space hunter adventures in the forbidden zone i noticed the star crash reference in there to the stellar star station yeah yes um, <laughs> i loved sarah's little raiders of the lost ark seduction moment <laughs> um, it's it's just a it's just a fun ride and and anna he do you have my favorite line in the film which was the laugh out loud line i thought was sarah says to you so why do you trust us? And you say, well, you haven't killed me yet. You haven't tried to kill me yet. That's right. You haven't tried to kill me yet, <laughs> which is classic. So I guess tell us, tell our listeners a little bit how Space Wars, the quest for Deep Star, came about, the origin. Well, I'm, yeah, this was a collaboration with a lot of wonderful people. It, it, it started where our executive producer, Jeff Miller, really enjoyed automation. And he wanted to do a science fiction movie with us. And I had a science fiction script. It was maybe just a hair too ambitious, but but he really liked it and wanted to try, you know, maybe he said, can we do something, you know, more like, you know, with a lot of monsters and things and, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I love that stuff. I mean, you know, I grew up on Sinbad movies and, mm. you know, anything that was fantasy where you create a world, that's the kind of movie I was into. Yeah. So... So I was trying to think of what that project would be. And Sarah French, who's a friend of ours and was in automation, mm-hmm. she had, you know, this was all during COVID and she kept posting her workout videos where she was flipping tires and doing military style, you know, stuff. Mm. You're not, and Anahit and I were talking about her and like, we really liked her and we thought, well, maybe we can make her the action star of this movie, yeah. whatever this movie is going to be. And, and we also knew her boyfriend, Joe is a writer. So I met with Sarah and pitched her that just the, you know, how would you like to be the action star? Would you be interested in doing that kind of stuff? Because, you know, action, you know, you got to have the physicality for it and be able to go through it all. It's not easy. She was like 100% on board. And Joe is like a lifelong Star Wars fan. I mean, his mother was telling me he had Star Wars uh, sheets and bed sheets and, you know, (laughs) curtains and toys and things. 
So he loved the idea of getting involved with this. So I worked on a treatment for a bit. Then, you know, we, we would talk about it and I was just basically writing a synopsis and it was, you know, basically I had the action scenes in mind and the type of things that I'd want to see. And it was just sort of finding a way to bridge all this stuff. So like we had these big set pieces. I knew I wanted a climax involving a monster trying to eat, you know, stuck in a cave, trying to eat two people who are having a big fist fight. And while meanwhile, two other people are on a spaceship having a fist fight while this another ship is shooting at them. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the way we were thinking about this. You know, you, you build the set pieces. It's kind of like, you know, temple of doom, Indiana Jones and the temple of doom had all these action scenes already set up when they were build, doing Raiders of the Lost Ark. They were storyboarding these things and planning them for Raiders, but they didn't do them. So, you know, with any of these movies, you tend to build these action scenes and then string them together. Even like Ray Harryhausen stuff, it would start with those really cool drawings, you know, and that's what would be the inspiration to the film. When Joe started writing, he came up with the essence and the father-daughter sort of relationship that was the real heart and soul of the picture. And, and he created all these wonderful characters that, you know, just really came to life. And he knew exactly what tone I was going for. I really wanted this to be just fun. You know, I think, I think, I think a lot of fantasy sci-fi genre stuff that we've grown up on and loved, they, yeah. they've kind of made some real long turns in the recent years. And, you know, fans are definitely making it, known that they're frustrated because you know you go to these movies to escape you you don't go there to see real world problems broadcast back at you and slapped in your face you know anyone could watch star wars it was a community community experience everyone goes to the theater we all have fun you know that's what it was mm. now it's a divisive we, thing we just wanted to take people on an adventure a fun yeah. event yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly like no the, matter where you are you can enjoy it exactly like the I believe it's Sarah's line, just a good old fashioned, you know. Yeah. yeah. The, don't set a course. You just head out to the second start of the right and uh, straight yep. up. <laughs> and that was all 100% intentional. Joe knew that's what we wanted this film to be. So that's what he wrote. He he wrote it as, you know, just a classic adventure, you know. Well, like Michael Pare's line, you know, looking for something cool. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, he said that. Something <laughs> cool. No, and, and Parade was great. We we knew we were going to, you know, try and get him the script. I mean, Jeff had worked with him before and he's like, could you guys design a script, you know, where he could be the lead? And we were so excited about that prospect. I mean, and, in you know, they say never meet your heroes. Well, he exceeded expectations. He, he was, was awesome. awesome, you know, I mean, and he totally got it. He got into the vibe of what the film is. And this is stuff he loves, too. So it was all. It was a labor of love for everybody, you know, everyone involved. Some of the greatest films ever made were uh, labor <laughs> of love, I think. And yeah. you know, uh, the struggle is the glory, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but I nearly called you Jackie again. And I, <laughs> sorry, Jackie, stop touching this. Your your character is 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 so vivacious and so much fun. I love how she's introduced. I almost want the dead to be a needle drop dancing in the dark with you in the the spacesuit. <laughs> Mr. Spacesuit. Poor lonely lady you've been left. You you're always you're always the, the one that gets uh, left behind, yet you are integral 
in many noise. You're the voice of reason. Forever mm-hmm. touching things. You know, you know the, Joe, Joe wrote that role specifically for her too. I mean, when when we we all met earlier on, because you know, both Sarah and Joe thought she was good in automation. She had a you know small part in that one, and we knew we wanted to give her a bigger part. And we met, and Joe really kind of designed i mean really all the parts and both the same kind of process happened with automation that happened here where we knew who we wanted for certain parts and the parts were written for those people and and what a privilege for an actor to have a part written specifically for you oh it's just the thrill it's always i I can only imagine when someone calls up i mean how do you say no to them it was like you can't it was like christopher nolan when when he wrote the part for David Bowie in The Prestige. We have to do it now because yeah. you're, you're the one that I wrote it for. Yeah. And uh, uh, God has always been my number one fan. He knows what my strengths are and he'll, he'll always find a place for me in, in his movies. <laughs> it's fun well, having her on the set. That's a good, <laughs> probably a good thing for him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That's a, that's, a, that's a reason he's still alive, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, but you know the interesting thing, Garo, is, is between now and the last time we spoke, we now have both worked with Michael Paré. Ah. Because I did a Western, um, I wrote a Western, Righteous Blood, and, and Michael was was very gracious on coming in the show last year. That's to, awesome. Awesome. Hey, yeah, so we were, yeah, so we have six degrees of, of separation with the, is this one available in the U.S. right now? What What was the name of the film? Righteous Blood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Western. It actually it was filmed during COVID because it was a very small production, and it didn't get officially released till 2021, and then international distribution 2022. So it's uh, as you know with the, with these independent films, sometimes it you know from the time that you make it to the time it comes, there's there's sometimes a few years there and. Oh yeah, you know, trying to place it with a distributor that's going to do it justice and and get it out to as many eyes as possible, as as this certainly well deserves. Like I said at the opening, it's a great throwback to these sci-fi films from way back, like Star Crash, Ice Pirates. I detected a few tight naive I AE vibes in there. You know. <laughs> Yep, Battle Beyond the Stars was another one too. Uh, which... The names Dykstra, of, of course. Yeah, John Dykstra, we used. Yeah. <laughs> Chip Roger Corman, I'm guessing. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the hits just keep on coming. Have uh, Olivier uh, there, who's. Yep. Uh, Olivier Gruner was amazing. He, he, and he, he, it was just great. I mean, again, this is like a dream come true. And, you know, you, you were talking about the Albert Pyun documentary. Yeah, yeah, Nemesis. Yeah. With him, Nemesis and yeah, some so other things, too. That's right. But so, I mean. Albert was a great guy, by the way. I mean, he, you know, I actually was in touch with him from time to time. You know, we would text each other. from, the, And he was a big supporter of, you know, and he offered a lot of encouragement, you know, when automation came out and after you know, when he knew I was doing another movie. So it was very sweet. It was. Uh... So, I mean, the, the film's in, uh, in, in wide release now. It's on DVD. And is it, is it streaming? In pl- I imagine it's streaming in places too. That yeah, it's on, it's on Tubi and Amazon Prime. And 
and what's the other one? Voodoo. I don't know. Is it on uh, Amazon in Australia? Is that where you were able to see it? Or did you have the DVD? Oh, I, I got a, well, you know, I'm, I'm privileged. I got a, I got a, <laughs> you got the DVD. <laughs> the DVDs are hard to come by these days uh, in, in Australia. I understand. All right. Are they oh, yeah. making it's, them it's over there sad. or something? It's very sad. It's very sad. The, the DVD, oddly vinyls in, <laughs> in a resurgence, but DVD seems to be popping it hard at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to go away completely. No. VHS still hasn't really disappeared. I, I'm, I'm in contact with quite a few avid VHS collectors still. Wow. Um, complaining endlessly about how much they're paying for VHS tapes these days and i said well if you were alive when vhs was new you did used to pay about 30 nearly 40 dollars sometimes for a new vhs right. back in the day i remember my father telling me it cost him nearly a thousand dollars to rent the vhs player back way back when but same with dvd players i mean when DVDs came Expensive. It's funny when you see those uh, old sales vi DVDs, like the the screener copies they'd give video stores, and they'd say, you know, only eighty five dollars for like you know the two VH, buy two for eighty five dollars and get the next one for seventy five or whatever it was. I mean, the prices were like, really ironically. I still have a couple of preview tapes from when I used to work at the video store, and uh, because I was the, the the guy who watched too many movies, the the owner used to give me the the preview tapes that usually had two features and it's got the time code on there and he'd have them and go, Oh, how many of those do you think I should buy? And how many of those and whatever else I still have. Like the would the customers come in and say to you, what's good at that's new that I haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> I was one of those guys, you know, that would, that wouldn't sort of stand passively at the desk. I'd wander around it because some people wander around for ages or used to. And I'd walk up to them and say, you know, lost. Can I help you? <laughs> what are you in the mood for? And that was usually the way of things. But Space Wars, like you said, a lot of people coming over from your film automation, Sarah, Anna, mm -hmm. Sadie Katz. Yeah. Someone we should also throw a nod out to. She's the uh, the grand the villainess. So I like her in the poster. She's the uh, like the phantom menace looming there. In the back. Yeah, yeah. She was our Darth Vader or John Saxon from John Saxon. She was our Sador, which, which is the name of the bad guy's ship. Actually, there's certain names that we had in there which never really I don't believe I think he does he does mention the Sator at one point. Yeah, yeah the name of the ship. Yeah. But yeah, she was amazing. And we shot, you know, we literally shot her out all in one day. And yeah. she's in the whole movie. <laughs> it's just it was it's funny. I was just talking with uh with uh, Lisa, I can't pronounce the last name. I'm sorry. She'll have to forgive me. She did pronounce it for me. It's a very beautiful last name. I can't do it. But we were talking about how Albert was kind of the pioneer of that whole thing that is used a lot in independent films today where you have a star maybe come in for a day, maybe two, film all their stuff, and then, you know. Put it all together later. And, yeah. and zip bang. Bonjour, you have them in the whole movie, but you've only yeah. You know. Yeah, it we, we, and you know, it was a lot of good planning went into that for this. And it, it really helps too when your actor as Sadie was is she was totally prepared. 
took direction, you know, right away and knew exactly what we were going for. And I mean, you know, and she trusted me in, in the sense like, okay, what am I, I'm sitting in this ship. What am I looking at? What are, you know, and, and it's like, okay, you, you're looking here, you're, you're touching this, you know, this is what's happening now. And you know, the, the blue cloud is coming over your ship. Now it's leaving. And it's just all, all of those little details, you know, you, the actor really, you know, they've got to, be able to take direction and know their lines and be a hundred percent prepared. And we were fortunate that everyone was really, that's the way they were on this film. I mean, we and actually I, had one day where I set you, wasn't, and I yeah. hate you probably attest to this a little bit. Some of, some of the, uh, the dialogue is, is uh, I remember speaking of star Wars, they had some, uh, some comments about, you know, the dialogue in star Wars is stuff that you could type, but it was very hard to say. <laughs> Did you, uh, in, in some of the technical jargon, yes, Alexi far, far away. Did you struggle with that? This this looks good on it. Yes, that 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 scene after everybody turns around from the chair, I'm like, hey, you know, there's a there's a good two pages there. It was a mouthful, but Joe was very good. If something didn't work for me and didn't roll off my tongue, I, I'd say, can I say it this way? Are you okay if I? And he was. It's not many writers who are so self-confident in their work that they'd be like, sure, whatever works for you, you know? As long as, time, as long as the intention is there, isn't it? That's right. That's right. I just made a few adjustments and it just rolled off the tongue a lot easier and that helped quite a bit. And that I was very grateful for that. You said Carnelian Cowerpuss very that well. Was, that was me. I came up with that. <laughs> I hate to say how yeah. it came out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, with my with my very blunt Australian tongue, but we, we did talk like a lot about like things like you know I always loved in sci fi movies when they talk about other places and worlds and creatures that you don't even see in the movie, but it's just it's all about building it that universe. the world a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those those lines that you know, oh, it was like the time we you know we escaped the the clutches of the dreaded whatever from wherever and mm -hmm. yeah the three-headed dragon or the right, yeah. or or rachel brooks smith's character nina you know talking about you know from coming from the slave planet you know and things like that you know it, it's it, it just it i just love that world building you know and it makes you feel like everything's even bigger you know one thing i did like and and i don't want to give away too much because i want people to watch the movie but there was a little bit near the end and and, and You've said on on a thread that you're a bit of a. I've been writing a bit about this movie that you say you're a fan of Crawl. I love Crawl. Yes, I love it. it. And I, I detected a little Crawlian sort of reference there at the end with the the creature, the way it speaks through. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it was subconscious, but it it. it <laughs> no, actually, no. That's actually a good point. That's one of my favorite scenes in that movie too, where where you know the, the beast speaks through Colwyn to to. Lisa, yeah. you know that, that whole scene is like awesome, you know. Yeah. Um, he's trying the, to, you know, tempt her. <laughs> also, the the widow of the web. That like, scene's a great scene too. The scene gets more, you know, means more as you get older. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, also to a little bit, you know, with with the ending, with the um, the you know the 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 vision of of you know. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about movies without giving. I really try right to, to watch but, it but there's a great twist at the end 
I'll tell mm-hmm. the listeners involving Sarah, which I did not see that coming. But, but oh, well, well done. That was a great little twist. That bit. I won't. I won't go into details. But there's a great okay. little twist regarding Sarah's character yep. uh, near the end. This is also, like you say, rollicking a lot of fun. That's why I, I brought up Ice Pirates, which which is more is more of a comedy but yeah. the the joy and as i was just talking with with lisa about the albert P- documentary that seems to be the missing ingredient as you were talking about with modern sci-fi fans and fans complaining like they're being preached at and there's there's too much message and not enough joy if yeah, you yeah. in the adventures because it used to be all about the joy of going on an adventure with exactly. the characters, whoever they may be, and they are our guides into universes and experiences otherworldly. Mm-hmm. But the joy factor is, I feel, the missing ingredient, and that is something that this movie just has in spades. Yeah, oh. and you 100% nailed it. That's That was the goal, and, you know, you could, you know, it's, it, it ha- isn't that long ago that films still had it, you know what I mean? You know, but it's, it's, it's almost like around like, you know, in the aftermath of like, you know, around 2014, like 15, it just started creeping in and, you know, there's still fun movies to be had. I mean, I enjoyed the Kong versus Godzilla movie that came out a while ago and I, and I love oh. Godzilla minus one. That was like the best <laughs> movie of the year. And Wonka was fun. I mean, there are films that still do it. But it just seems like a lot of the big ones and things associated with major franchises, they've just they it's almost like they relish taking the joy away, <laughs> you know, and then and, and then turning around. The, the most peculiar thing I've ever seen in my life is filmmakers and writers turning on the fans, mm-hmm. just literally insulting them and saying, we don't want you, basically. And I don't I don't it's just it it's so counterproductive. and. It's like if if you're if you're actually going to be work, I mean, it's a privilege to be able to create these worlds and do these kind of stories. And I, I like to imagine that the people who make these things grew up loving them too. So mm-hmm. I don't understand how anyone would want to take that joy away from somebody. You know what I mean? But it seems like, you know, maybe the people who are in charge of a lot of these things, they really don't have their heart in it. You know, I, I don't know what it is. And look, if people love them, great. Enjoy the shows. You know what I mean? We're just another one, you know, but yeah, we're a safe space. Anyone can have fun with what we do, you know? Well, I mean, it's 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 the difference between a it's the difference between a home cooked meal and McDonald's. Yeah. One is quick fix and one is far more substantial and it's made with a whole lot more love than the Big Mac. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I'm when we mentioned Star Crash, right? I know it's a silly movie, you know what I mean? But <laughs> but it's a fun movie. There, there's nothing in that movie other than it just wants to it just wants to be the best film it possibly can be. It just wants and to it's be got an, Gortner in it, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Carolyn Monroe's amazing. I know. And, you know, she was an action hero long before all this talk about, you know, female-led led action films, you know? I mean, it's it's incredible, you know? So, and, and just like Star Crash, Luigi Cozzi and yourself are great 
fans of the material. And so there are so many references in Star Crashes that are in this, it's the films that influenced him. Growing up, you know, a lot of people look at these kind of things and say, well, it's just the Star Wars. Actually, that was what I was just writing about as far as the, the, the unofficial Kroll film companion is, is the fact that Kroll and, and other films of this nature are seen as simply a byproduct of the success of Star Wars. I have never agreed with that. I, I think that, mm. yes, they do share something in their DNA as far as storytelling is concerned, but as far as just a ripoff. That's very no. I mean, yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. It, it's like I think those films, you know, they, they never would have been made if it wasn't for the success of Star Wars. Probably, I mean, in that mm -hmm. sense. But you know, growing up, any film that took me to another world, mm -hmm. whether it was Space Hunter or Kroll or you know, and I know not every one of these movies was a huge financial success theatrically, but they did find audiences on cable television and. People grew up loving a lot of these movies. I mean, and we're still, yeah. you know, it's like you can only watch Star Wars so many times. You know what I mean? I mean, we love the Star Wars movie. I like the prequels, you know, I, I like all, all that stuff. But, but it's just, it was always nice to have some other corner of the universe. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, someone created another universe. There's this other thing. Like, I enjoyed that Valerian movie that, that came out. I mean, yes. that was like a completely new place. That's you cool. know? Yeah, or, awesome. so it's, you know, I, I appreciate it when people, you know, create something new. And really, that was our intention, just to be one of those pure escapist films. You know? Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I mean, when I was when I was younger, I thought by this time, certainly by the 21st century, there wouldn't be Star Wars. There would have been something else. Someone else would have stood yeah. on the shoulders of of that and created a different universe, a different see yes. that wasn't necessarily far far away and had lightsabers and jedi yeah but heck you know we're i think kevin smith said it recently you know our childhood is never going to go away they're gonna they're gonna after the horse is dead they're gonna beat the bones until they're dust <laughs> as long as the cash machine keeps paying out right I mean, heck, Star Wars is a TV show now. So, <laughs> yep. In some ways, in some ways, look for people who absolutely love it. It's it's great, but for for people who who grew up with a greater variety, it's kind of sad in a lot of ways that that it, people are just resting on their laurels and not looking further ahead, saying, "Well, we don't have to keep recycling." Right stuff we can we can make up our own stuff. Yeah, you know it's like it. when we used to play with when kids used to play with toys with their friends. They might have been Transformers and He Man and Star Wars figures, but uh, we treat them that way. We treated them as avatars. And, yeah, yeah, you'd create your own new adventures, mixing all the toys together, like the books. You know, choose your own. Uh huh. Adventure, you know, but certainly. With Space Wars, the quest for Deep Star, you have, I hope, people take take note and 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 see that this this kind of film and this kind of filmmaking and the joy that is infused within it is contagious, and uh, let other people take it as an example ah. and boldly go where <laughs> where big budget movies are afraid to go because it's it's an awful lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially when there's two hundred million dollars on the line plus two hundred million dollars worth of advertising. 
Yeah, we we definitely didn't have two hundred million dollars. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I, I I don't want to know the budget, but I guarantee, it, knowing that it probably wasn't two hundred million dollars, what you did, sir, and and I hear what you've what you've offered the audience is simply incredible for for I'm pretty sure well 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 under two hundred million dollars. But I think that, I think that. When you go to those extremes, even though you've got all the bells and whistles, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good one. Yeah. yeah. No. And we and we were fortunate. I mean, you know, the effects guys who worked on our movie, you know, they they like us. They they were fans of this type of film, and they really wanted to work on this kind of thing. They they when I sent them the first forty minutes of it, they're like, "We want to do this film. This is like the films we grew up on." You know. So, and, and they had a lot of fun working on it and I gave them, you know, time to do what they do well. And so we were, you know, very blessed with the effects. I mean, there was 592 effects shots. Not has, movie. Yeah. Not only that, though, Gato is- has a fantastic way of putting heart into all of his movies. I think he did that well with automation with the robot and he did does well in this one between the father-daughter relationship. I remember having a conversation with him after we were done shooting, and I said, if you had given this script to somebody else to direct and edit, which he did both, it would not be the same movie. No, not at all. It's because it's him and the joy that he infuses. Um, <laughs> he froze. <laughs> oh, there you are. Jackie, you've been touching buttons. Oh, sorry. You froze with a nice smile. Yeah, though. Well, we can see them, please. Um, <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. You, Guys, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Listening audience, get out wherever you can. DVD, streaming services, search it out. It's Space Wars, the quest for deep star second start of the ride and straight on till morning to this fantastic it's just a good old-fashioned adventure and as michael paro said it's uh, you know if you're looking for something cool it's yeah. <laughs> it's certainly something cool guys it's been fantastic to have you on cinema yugen for the first time uh, thank Gar- you very hey, much Ken. and and kent i want to know more about this crawl book Oh well, it's um as far as I uh, as I know at the moment, it's there are some interviews left to be done, and then uh, we have a whole uh, there's a whole mess of pitches to be included, and then it'll be off to the publisher, and then you know uh, maybe maybe mid year, maybe end of, but definitely I'll be buying one for sure. <laughs> posted, but uh, you know what you know what we should be thinking about is is, is when when Gary Setian's going to do his scroll and <laughs> we, we 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 have plans for more space wars right now okay and, wow okay yeah and it, it well. yeah we, we, we like have plans for further adventures yep and they'd be totally new adventures with the same characters so more of kip taylor and jackie more worlds for them to explore and expand on and and we also have another sci-fi movie that sort of been a dream project i wrote it before automation which we okay. really wanted to so goodness yeah hey spuds tingling ladies and gentlemen there'll be more things more buttons for jackie to fiddle with (laughs) yay yeah franchise (laughs) at least you don't have to worry about you know the the thing with the franchises when they run out of ideas they end up in space 
you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're already there. You're already there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, might be time travel and go back to the old west (laughs) (laughs) like tremors but no whatever happens i know it'll be great because i've my guests anahit and garo two great people behind it so uh, whatever comes out of the stable i know it's going to be it's not i know it's not going to be no big mac but uh, (laughs) a a well-cooked meal made with love made with everything you love Nostalgia, joy, adventure. It's all part of your complete. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Really, that means a lot. Thank you. Uh, Space Wars, I really enjoyed it. I really hope that uh, everyone listening to Cinema Yugen on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, get out there and check out Space Wars. Quest for Team Star, my guest has been Garo. And Anahit Setin, the marvelous creative duo involved. Guys, we look forward to your future adventures.